Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive LLC. See you soon. It's BS in the Morning on the Trimal Cast, which is Westplex 107.1, KSOQ, and AM 1350 Crap. And as they say in the Trimal Cast business, this is my house. And as they further say in the Trimal Cast business, you can't hit a target you can't see. And as they say in the further Trimal Cast business, hey, Shelly, how you doing? Oh, is that my turn? <laughs> yeah, it's your turn. Uh, first off. <laughs> Hi, Brad. How are you? Happy Friday. Oh, my God. Don't even talk to me about that. First off, we have been under attack, both radio stations. First, Well, first off. Uh, this station has been under attack by by uh, crazy computer glitches, and KSOQ, which we're simulcasting on right now, actually trimulcasting on, uh, has been under attack by Quiver River Electric. Jeez Louise. I mean, we're out almost three days over the weekend due to the big storm. I get it. I think there's still some people out in the St. Louis area who still don't have the power back from the storm we had a week ago, a week ago tonight. Storm rolled in right around midnight, Friday night, early Saturday morning, okay? And our power has been out at the KSLQ transmitter site yesterday six times. And I'm going like, okay, I've had enough. I've had enough. And the last time, matter of fact, the reason I'm not necessarily firing, firing all cylinders, I didn't get home till about, I don't know, 1 o'clock this morning. Why? The KSLQ transmitter site. We're off the air again yesterday. And <laughs> I'll tell this yeah, bizarre okay. story that within two minutes, I get a panicked call from my youngest son. And then all the alarm stuff start going off on my phone that powers out. And we've got a, you know, a lightning surge hit at the KSLQ transmitter site. It actually blew up one of our UPSs. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I go into to the transmitter site last night when I finally get down there, and there's alarms going off, and I'm going, that's not good. <laughs> you know, we're off the air, and there's alarms going off. One of the power supplies apparently gave up its life for our audio processor on, on our... On Took our, one for the team, Yes, huh? because it got nailed. And this was not like your little cheapy little... $34 UPS. This was like an expensive, uh, you know, four or $500 APS unit that wasn't that old, probably only about three years old. So yeah, it, it died. It, it, it gave its life for our uh, $3,000 audio processor, which once again, if I were going to have my choice of to which piece of a computer got fried by the power surge when the power was going on and off, I'd take the, the UPS over the $3,000 audio processor any day. So anyway, it gave up its life. Any day of the yeah. week. So just one stupid thing after another, you know, and look, I get it. I get it. Um, you know, I, I get it that there's problems and things like that, but God, the story with my son's actually sort of funny. My oldest, my youngest son, you know, I, you know, four kids, same father, same mother, lived in the same house and they couldn't be any more different from each other. I mean, like, you know, you can't, if you did a diagram, what's like a Venn diagram where like things come together? Yes. There's nothing that comes together in these four kids. You know what I'm telling you? Like, there's no overlapping area. There just is none. And it's sort of interesting. But anyway, so I'm not making fun of them. It's just to the point where, uh, and, and you know what the interesting thing about it is? I, don't know, I don't know if you have this, as, this feeling as a parent from, from Tiffany, but when they call you, like, and they're in sort of, like, panic mode, 
at first it's sort of like, oh my God, you know, what's going on? And then, at least for me, I have this feeling like, you know what? He still needs my help and I'm more than happy to give it to him. You know what I'm saying? Is that weird? Of course, no. Okay. Not at all. Well, I'm, but but there's some parents, I've heard parents say, well, my kids are all adults now, and if they call me with a problem, I go, you're an adult, figure it out. You know, I'm going like, I don't know if that's necessarily, you know, the way, you know, the way it should be, but I get it. I mean, they're essentially saying, hey, you know, we raised you, we, you know, kept you in diapers for so many years, and we, you know, took you to baseball games and did this and did that. Guess what? You're 21, you're out married or living with somebody or living in a different city or going to school. Guess what? Figure it out and get back to me when you've got the answer, you know, that kind of a thing. Who knows? Anyway. Uh, lots of weird stuff going on. Uh, you know, today the weather is just... Have you looked at the weather? Let me look at the weather. I haven't looked at the weather, but according to Google, yeah. Um, the or, or according to the person that wakes me up in the morning, and I don't know what her name is on, on um, Bixby, but they say it's only supposed to get up to like 80-something degrees. Yeah, and it's supposed to rain most of them. Just looking, I haven't heard the latest. Yeah, they forecast. did say that. But I haven't. I was focusing on the eighty-something degrees and not the ninety. I haven't heard the latest forecast from Jennifer, so um, it'll come up in a minute. We'll have it here in a minute. So anyway, uh, that's what's going on. We'll talk about all sorts of goofy stuff. The Cardinals are getting back in action from the All Star break. Uh, we didn't even talk about that. We weren't on the air yesterday morning because once again I had to go fix the KSLQ because the power went out. You know, I mean. You know what? It's like it drives me nuts. Like when I hear these ads, "Hey, we're Ameren UE. Aren't you glad we're your your power provider?" Yeah, we know you don't have a choice. There's no way you can get somebody else unless you go with one of those nasty solar panels. But aren't you glad that we're telling you that after 150 years, we're replacing some of those wooden power poles with composite power poles? Yeah, not many. Matter of fact, maybe one or two every five square miles, but we're running this radio commercial, commercial, and we're spending the money that you sent us for our overpriced electricity so we could buy these commercial to tell you how wonderful we are. I'm going like, lower my bill. Just, you know, I'm a proponent of radio. I, I'm glad that you're buying radio, but don't, you know, the same thing with Quiver River. You know, hey, we're Quiver River, and, you know, they're on they're on Camo X. They're advertising in Camo X. Okay, Quiver River is a cooperative that serves part of Warren County, part of St. Charles County, and part of Warren County. They don't even serve all the counties, okay? And yet they're on Camo X advertising. I'm going like, let me think about that for a minute, okay? You're on Camo X, which is a station that at night reaches 42 stations, 42 states, and you're advertising your, your electricity service that 99% of the audience can't get. So why do you do that? Just lower my bill. You know what I mean? Or just come on our station and you know, <laughs> or just buy share some, ad- some of that dollar. Buy revenue. some ads with us. Our, the KSOQ transmitter site, and what's crazy about this is, of our three transmitter sites, two of them have Quiver River power. I pay them. I told the story Monday. I told the story Monday of of of. No, I told the story Tuesday of we're out of power. You know, once again we're out of the weekend. I get it. Line crew, you did a great job. That was a nasty storm. The power, you know, come comes on late Sunday night. Uh, and like about nine o'clock on Sunday night, Monday morning, we're back. You know, we're back on the air. I'm going, yeah, great, wonderful. At ten o'clock, I get a call 
you know, they're automated. Hi, this is Quiver River to announce, to tell you that due to the storm, we're going to have to replace a pole and the power is going to be turned off between noon and two o'clock. Your power will be back shortly after two o'clock. Yeah, nine o'clock that night, the power comes back on. <laughs> yeah, short period out. I'm going like, yeah, wonderful. And all the, you know, remember I calculated how much money I've spent with the Quiver River since I've owned the stations. It wasn't. It's, it's a bunch. <laughs> it was high five figures, okay? And they yep, won't they won't a spend a penny with us, but yet they're on Camox. I don't get it. And you know what's interesting about it is if you get if you get their goofy little things in the mail, hey, we're local, we're your neighbors, we support our local businesses. You don't support this one. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's just it. And what are you doing? You spend you're sending money to Philadelphia. To an Odyssey, you're spending money with a big media conglomerate. You're sending that money, sending that check every month to Philadelphia, and here's a local guy that has two of his radio stations powered by Quiver River, and you won't spend a penny with me. <sighs> I got that off my chest. I feel much better. Do you feel better? <laughs> I do. But, no, seriously, don't you think? No, seriously, do you feel better? Well, no, I still am. I'll be honest with you. I'm urinated off because of the fact that that you know <laughs> you don't like that. I'm urinated off because of the fact that that like throw me a bone, send me a hundred dollar check. You know, just make me feel good. Buy buy one of our advertising packages for a month. You know, let me feel good. But no, and and the worst part of it was, God, should I tell the story about how they lied to me? What else she got going on? <laughs> I think Shelly means. Remember, they told the story. Well, well, here's what we do: we survey, we make, a, we survey all our lists. Oh my goodness, no! Because then you'll have to tell what we did, and it's really not all that, all that in a bag of chips. It's six twenty-three. What else you got going on today? Do you, are you talking about what we did, where we got thrown out of their 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 members yes, meeting? Brad. <laughs> And you know what? That's the last one they ever had. <laughs> I think they stopped it because of us. <laughs> now all those cus- they didn't stop it because all those of us. customers who who usually enjoyed, uh, you know, uh, you know, a hot dog or a hamburger and butch wax in the Hollywoods at the family arena. You know, they're they're all going to be. So he's the guy that that screwed it up so we don't get our hamburger and our butch wax in the Hollywoods at family arena. That's what I look forward to every year going to the Quiver River meeting at the at the family arena with the with the the cold hot dog and and the and the and the soggy hamburger and the butch walks in the hollywoods concert that's about right too <laughs> am, am i exaggerating that no <laughs> that was that's the high point that's pretty accurate to script <laughs> people think i make this stuff up you know what the crazy thing about this is you know what i've got this new website that i put up radio yes you do radiopoop.com radiopoop.com and what's interesting already i've gotten hate emails from other radio people i can't believe you're doing this why are you doing this have you really yo gosh yes i told you i i you know you your 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 favorite p person dhc has already called me and 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 you know who that is right think about it for a minute uh anyway has already called me you know and just like just was furious about what I wrote, and I'm going like, hey, look, here's, you know, we talked about this the other day. Remember Jerry Berger used to write this column about radio, and, and, and a matter of fact, yes. you know, yesterday. Yes, he used to do it from the, 
the, from the, uh, the coal hole, your dad's restaurant. Corner of the coal hole restaurant right, right, in right, the right. bar. And he used to talk about, and he gave, he gave interest in the, well, nobody does that anymore because except for, for Dan Caesar, who occasionally will write an article about my, you know, about crap, you know, which, you know, he, t- he actually took me to lunch. He's a super nice guy, by the way. Uh, anyway, uh, and, and but he he specializes in writing stories about KFNS, about you know how you know what's wrong this month, you know what's screwed up this month. When there used to be like the sports battles between KFNS and whatever thirteen eighty sports, you know the jock thirteen eighty, whatever the heck it was, he used to write those articles and they were funny. And he did his research, man. He so so in other words, and he promoted interest, and people would talk about that. Hey, uh, people would call me. Hey, what Dan Caesar wrote in his column is that really true? Yep, it's true. Wow, that really stuff goes on in your business? Yep, that and more. So I decided to take it upon myself to sort of do the same thing. And there's this all this crazy stuff going on between, we call them, according to my column, we call them the newbies and the refugees. The refugees are all the X-97-1 KHTK people who have departed 97-1. And then the newbies are Tracy and Rick Ellis who have decided that 97-1 is not conservative enough for them. They have to go super-duper-duper-duper-duper-duper duper, 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 duper <laughs> conservative. So uh, they've, they're buying their own radio stations, which, by the way, I got some guy on Twitter calling me out. And what's interesting, you know what his Twitter handle is? No. Not Jane Duker. What? Not. You know who Jane Duker is? We'll talk about no. this. No. Which is a bizarre story because I did not realize until one day when I'm listening to Jane Duker on KMOX that I used to work for her mom and dad, It's which is a weird story. She talks about this on the air. I'm going like, oh, my God, I know who she's talking about. I know her parents. I used to work for her parents at a disco, believe it or not. <laughs> Is that Goombas? No, 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 no. It's another one. We'll talk about that. Six twenty-seven. Westplex one zero seven one. I am Brad. He is Shelly. You are listening to Westplex one zero seven one and BS in the morning. Trimal casting on one zero four point five KSLQ. Westplex one zero seven one and AM thirteen fifty KRAP. Hi, Brad. Doink, How are you today? Doink, 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 doink. That must mean he's got four doinks worth of. An okay day. Super lonely. <laughs> I haven't been super lonely in a long time. How dare you? I have had somebody say that to me recently. My neighbors never talk to me anyway because they think I don't own a bra. Still a life truth. It must really suck to be that dumb. We need more idiot control. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not even going to comment on that one. <laughs> I'm an unadulterated fan. Oh, that's that's Joe Biden talking about when he was in St. Louis and he missed Shelley. Okay. Yep. That that's what it was. We go way back, me and Joe. Okay. Here's breakfast. Okay. Ready? Hold. Here's breakfast. Let me do this live. Here's what? Here. Here's breakfast. Hold on. Oh yeah, Mountain Dew. Uh, that's good. Okay. And then hear that. You know what that is? Hear that? No. You don't hear that? Oh, that's your um, Little Debbie's. My Little Debbie's wrapper. Now, let me tell you how good Little Debbie's are. This is a Christmas tree cake, which is pretty good. The only problem is it's got the chocolate covering, and it's got little white stripes, and it's got the little red and green sprinkles on it, and it's got the chocolate filling, but it's got the chocolate cake. I'd prefer if it had the white cake, okay? To give you you an do? I- yeah. That's the the chocolate like. cakes are the best. No, no, they're not. The white cake's the best. Okay, to give you an Ugh, idea how, whatever. To give you an idea how good Little Debbie's are. This is a Christmas tree cake. Obviously, 
it's July. We're like six months away from, or six months plus away from Christmas, right? Okay. This is from Christmas of 2019. <laughs> this is my stash, okay? Christmas, these are a year and a half old, okay? And they still taste great. Now, let me contrast that. If I went to Whole Foods on Wednesday and I bought some of that crappy fresh stuff they sell, but today I'd have to throw it away. Think about that. Now, once again, year and a half old little Debbie Christmas tree. Hold it. Let's take a bite here and I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll, you know, I'll do the taste test. Mmm. Mmm. Excellent mouthfeel. Oh my God. Well, perfect aftertaste. Whole little little Mountain Dew down the hatch. Home. And just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, <sighs> he doesn't even share. Oh he just God. sits there and eats that thing. I thought you weren't supposed to be eating on the air. BTW. DHC. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. DHC. <laughs> Never mind. You're. I'm over Shelly's head this morning. <laughs> THC. DHC. We just talked about that. Remember D Delta Hotel Charlie. Okay. Oh, got it. Got it. <laughs> okay. Um, once again, three uh, two-day-old stuff from Whole Foods, and it's no good. It'd be ruined. Okay. So, what's better for you? Stuff that like spoils in forty-eight hours. You know, art stuff that lasts for a year and a half and still tastes good, right? And it's good for you, right? <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> You know, I'm just sitting here shaking my head. Yes, I I went to I shouldn't tell you the story. I went to the funeral home the other day, and I'm putting together my funeral. And one of the things that I which home? Oh, I can't tell you that. Uh, okay. One of, the, one of the things that I requested you can do this at a funeral home. I didn't realize this. I requested an autopsy, but I wanted because there's some controversy about what year I was born. Believe it or not. Uh, and one of the things in <laughs> it's the, only a Facebook controversy in the, in the autopsy, I want them to cut me in half and count the rings so they'll know exactly how old I am. So they <laughs> they, they agreed to do that. So they're just gonna change. It's so weird. They're just gonna chainsaw me and say, "Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And you know, have you seen this new app? Have, this this is crazy. I mean, you know, I'm amazed by by what technology has brought. And I get this pops up on my on some of my Facebook pages from time to time. It's this app you put on your phone, and you point it at plants or trees, and it tells you what kind of a plant it is. And the crazy thing is, it shows you that if you show if you if you point it like at a tree trunk that you know that you cut down, it's got the rings. It'll tell you how old the tree is. And it'll tell you that's actually pretty cool. I know. I'm going like this is unbelievable. See now, here's the thing. My dad was an expert at this. I mean, if an oak tree hit me in the head, I wouldn't know it was an oak tree. I don't know trees from, I mean, to me, it's a tree. It's a tree. It's a tree. I don't know what kind of tree it is. People, you know, my dad was like, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a, a, a black oak. I go, how do you know? Well, you can tell you by the leaf. The leaf has 22 points. How did you learn that? Well, I just learned it. It was my dad. You know, I mean, you know, once again, knowledge, you know, I had a brother and a sister. Knowledge was imparted upon my brother and sister. And for me, it was not. <laughs> I mean, they're the smart ones. I'm the dumb. I was always the dumb kid, kid of the family. And and I, I sincerely doubt that. No, true. And 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 um, you know, I was always amazed at his knowledge of stuff like that. I mean, and crazy stuff. You could you could drive down the street, and he could say, "Well, see that tree right there? That's a deciduous, you know, blah 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 blah." You know, and that you know, going, how do you know this stuff? 
you know, and 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 to the point where and see the crazy thing about it is the thing one of the weird things I remember from my father is my dad had growing up my dad had a terrible problem with 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 uh, poison ivy. I mean, he could get within ten feet of poison ivy and he'd be in bad shape. And I knew a friend that was like that. It was horrible. Oh, oh tell me about it. And what yeah, was, just, just what was what I was, mean, horrible. What was worse, my dad was a civil engineer and a registered land surveyor. So sometimes part of his job, he had to get out in fields and tromp around in fields with a survey crew. And he would come home and he'd be in, he'd be miserable for a couple of days. He'd have that white calamine ocean all over him, lotion, stuff like that. So I it's never had pink, a but I, yes. whatever it is. But there's white stuff too. I never had a problem with any of that stuff. And I used to say to him, "Well, I, don't sit there because I well, I well, used to camp well, and we had a friend that said, oh, 'Oh, I'm never allergic. I've I, I've been around um, poison ivy my entire life and I've never gotten it. See?' And he takes the poison ivy and he sits there and he rubs it all over him and he's like, he's like, see." I, I'm not, no problem whatsoever. And that man had never been so sick in his life. So you can't press it. Well, no, no, hold on a minute now. I, I was like that. That was the, what I was going to tell you. I would never, I never got poison ivy in my life until I was like in my early 40s. And I got it really bad one time to the point but where. But you didn't sit there and make yourself get it. No, 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 no. I, I cleaned out a flower bed at my house and I didn't realize there was all this crazy stuff and I had a short sleeve shirt on. And I'm telling you, I got to the point where, at one point, I mean, I don't want to be gross or anything, but like, I'm it, you know, my arms look like hamburger, you know, and 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 you know the weeping stuff and all. Oh my God, it was terrible, and to the point where I know, and, and it sits there and it does, it sits there and it weeps on you, right, right. And then you have to sit there and and wrap it up with these. You know, you know, you know what I did. You know what I finally these, got like, linen cloth. No, you know what I did. I cut the toes off of my out of socks, and I would just pull like like you know like like crew socks, like athletic socks, like sort of like half you know mid calf rise socks. I would just cut the toes out of them, and I would just pull the things up over my arms, you know. I mean, and that would be and and I'd have to change them a couple two three times a day. So anyway, after this happened, I said to my dad, "I did, good dad." I've never had this problem before. And he says, I never had the GD problem. My dad was a GD guy. I never had the GD problem too until I was in my 40s. Welcome to your 40s. That's what he said to me. <laughs> Welcome to my 40s. You know, <laughs> when I started getting... And once again, if you talk to these guys who were allergists and things like that, you you change. Your body changes. And things that you are allergic to when you're young, you may not be allergic to when you're old and vice versa. And the crazy thing about it is... It's like, okay, when you and I were young, do you ever, ever remember anybody having peanut allergies? Did you ever know anybody had a peanut allergy? No, or a milk allergy. Right. It's like, it's like I never heard of that, our, our gluten stuff. And what's interesting, yeah, no. what's interesting about it is there's a theory that, and I've read this many times, it's not something I'm making up, that the cleaner the house you were brought up in, the more allergies you'll have. And, I've I've heard that as well. And the I and I've actually heard doctors say that you should introduce peanuts to your kids like when they're still in their in their in their month stage. You know, when they haven't hit one year old, you should give them <coughs> somehow what did you do? Did you just throw up? Are no, you, I didn't. I'm fine. Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. You know what you know what I read this interesting story that when people go, Ooh, that means they're having a heart attack. Did you just have a heart attack? No, I did not. I'm fine. Thank I'm, you so much for your consider <laughs> for your concern, Brad. I know. I know what happened. I know what happened. 
What does the fox say? Hold it. Hold it. Somebody's calling me to, to give me advice what just happened to Shelly. Hello. Hey, did you hear what just happened to Shelly? I'm at work and I let you go. Oh, okay. Can't help me. Okay. Brad, don't do that. Uh, oh, hold it. Hold it. Larry's here. To, what just happened with Shelly? I had prostate problems that were driving me nuts. Oh. That's what it was. It was my prostate. This is what Shelly did. No, you know why? You know why Shelly just gagged? <laughs> she got a phone call from Washington D.C. and the phone caller said, "Bend down and whisper in my ear." <laughs> oh, look, six forty-two. Thank goodness. You didn't like that? I thought that was pretty funny. No, <laughs> it is six forty-two. Westplex one hundred seven point one. Uh, KSOQ, AM 1350, crap, all part of the BS in the Morning Trimalcast. Our web address for KSOQ is ksoq.com. Uh, crap is crap.website. Westplex 107 is westplex1071.com. And, of course, our website for BS in the Morning is bsinthemorning.show, not .com. That's the bogus website for the dude in, in, in Las Vegas who will never call me back. You know what I tell you when I talked to Craig Roberts the other day? He had no idea those people were in Las Vegas. Here's a radio guy in Las Vegas. He's never heard of them before. I said, you, Oh, really? I said, I said, how long have you lived there? He says, four years. I go, BS in the morning isn't like a big deal in Las Vegas. Never heard of them. That's what he's told me. I'm going like, okay. I thought they were like hot stuff in, in LV, but apparently they're not. So <laughs> anyway, that's the story. Um, lots of stuff going on in the news. Uh, crazy weird stuff. Uh, COVID-19, do you hear that like the governor, or not the governor, uh, the county executive in LA County, Los Angeles County Back to masks. Have you heard this? No. Back to masks. If you're going inside, a, you know, an office, a store, restaurant, masks. And you watch. They'll be shutting down the restaurants pretty soon. I got a feeling that's going to happen in, L- in L.A. Um, and, and You think so? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Springfield is getting their butt kicked with this. With this Our Springfield or yeah, Illinois? Yeah, Springfield, Missouri. I was, I was listening yesterday to a couple different reports. I can't remember what I was listening to, and they had some of the. They had one of the hospital directors on there and talking about, uh, and one of the doctors. You know, they'd worked like continuously every day, like fourteen-hour shift for like the last three weeks, and and they're actually trying to come up with some kind of a facility where they could, like a step-down facility where the people are in the ICU, and they don't necessarily want to put them in a in a hospital bed. I think the way they would deal is what they're talking about. They have the ICU, and then when they step them down to a regular room, but they still don't want to let them go home. They're trying to like get some kind of a place. They're trying to like rent some kind of a place where they can put people in an area where they're, you know, once again, they've had COVID really bad. They were in ICU, then they were in a hospital bed, and they're trying to put them in like, in like almost like a rehab kind of deal, and then ultimately release them. I'm going like, it's Man. called step down. Well, well, I mean, step down. No, but this is this is they're talking about renting some space to put these people. I mean, this is I get what you're saying. But and then and then the thing that came out finally, you know, I I have to tell you me, my worthless degrees, my two worthless journalism (laughs) degrees, which are absolutely positively worthless. I wasted all those years of my time of my life getting stupid college degrees that are absolutely positively worthless. Uh, Anyway, now it's come out that the World Health Organization has now said who WHO uh. the world yeah who <laughs> oh, funny Shelly. the world that was pretty good the world health organization has come out and now said you know we may have jumped to the conclusion with this Wuhan thing we really need to go back and see if it 
didn't really come out of a lab in China. And remember, remember how, how Trump got in trouble? You know, hey, it came out of a lab in China. He's crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And now everybody's, and now I shouldn't say everybody, now a lot of people are really thinking this is what happened. It's called, because, you know, for a while, that you, every news report you heard, it was talking about gain of function. You know what gain of function is? I do not. Gain of function is, that this is the theory with the COVID-19, that they had this Wuhan lab and what they were doing was they were playing around with these viruses and gain of function is they were manipulating these viruses to give them more functionality, to give them more lethality. In other words, they, were, they would be more lethal and they would infect more people and it got out of the lab. And now they're saying that, that they're trying, supposedly they're trying to cover this up, that like in October of 2019, a couple of people who worked in the lab and ended up in the hospital in Wuhan with all the COVID-19 symptoms. And they think, oh, really? they think that's how it started. It started in the fall of 2019. They were futzing around with this virus in the lab. Somehow it got out of the lab. These people got contaminated with it. They went to the hospital. They were, you know, they were, you know, Joe and Josephine Citizen in Wuhan. And they had friends and, and they spread it all over Wuhan. And, you know, and then, and then it, it, you know, obviously it traveled all over the world. And remember, Trump got in trouble for, remember when he shut down the flights between China and the United States? People called him. I do. He's a racist. He's terrible. You know, and what's crazy about this is, then what comes out yesterday, as my, once again, if Dr. Camille Winter, my journalism teacher, was here, I'm telling you, I don't know where the guy's buried, but I'm going to go put a tachometer on his, on his, on his grave because, in fact, he's spinning in his grave right now, spinning in his grave. It came out yesterday that the White House is working with Facebook and Twitter on deleting posts on Facebook and Twitter that they don't think are proper, that they're portraying the, the virus in a bad light. I'm going like, oh. Isn't that illegal? Well, 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 I don't know about illegal, but talk about... Well, um, what happened to um, I'm not, being able to say what you want? I'm not, speech. but see, here's the problem. The problem is that... And this is what it comes down to, and this is an interesting, you know, segment of the law, that that Twitter and Facebook are privately held, so they're not they're not like public entities. There's it's not like like you know a governmental agency or anything like that. So they can pretty much do whatever they want, and they've got this special dis- dispensation. What is it, Rule Three Twenty or whatever the heck it is? Dispensation. Yes, they have this special deal that excludes them from you know prosecution or whatever the heck it is. And so, in other words, they can they can kick Donald Trump off. They can kick the New York Post off, uh, you know, because of the fact that they wrote this story about about you know Hunter Biden. And oh my God, that gets more interesting all the time. There's a there's somebody's got a book out. It's called Hunter Biden's Laptop, and and somebody has this laptop and all the crap that's on it is like unbelievable. Once again, if Donald Trump Jr. got a speeding ticket, you know, on the New York tollway, it would be. Top news would be, you know, Donald Trump endangering motorists on, on, you know, Interstate 95 in New York State. You know, Donald Trump should be in jail. He should, they should throw the key away. Never should he be out allowed again. And yet you read all this stuff, Hunter Biden is like, okay, this guy's a real character. But nobody says anything about Hunter. Because if they do, the White House calls him up and says, hey, take that out of your paper. Okay, Mr. President, we love you. We'll take it out. You think I'm making this stuff up, don't you? No, I don't. 
I, I'm true story. I'll I'll find the story that and the White House admitted. They, they, Jen Jen Psaki admitted yesterday in a press conference. Yes, we're working with the social media companies on getting like some of these some of these posts which we deem to be improper talking about the Wuhan virus or the you know or the whatever this COVID nine. I'm going like I can't believe they just admitted that. That would be like that would be like me saying that would be like me calling up. Steve Casper and say, hey, Steve, I'm never going to say anything bad about you again. He'd go, who is this? Right? <laughs> Shelly. That's what I would say. I'm calling BS. <laughs> that's that's RFS. You know what RFS is? Um, no, but I'm sure it has something to do with something I've done wrong. Radio free Shelly. Okay. It's 6.55. <laughs> Westplex 107.1. Man, I'm right on top of things this morning, aren't I? What a screwed up mess this show is. Don't you think, Shelly? I'm going to pretend like I just didn't hear what you just said. Oh, God. First off, uh, Westplex 107 was screwed up this morning. Sorry, didn't come on until about 6.08. KSLQ was screwed up this morning because of Quiver River. Um, You know, I mean, and I don't like to point fingers at electricity companies that don't advertise with us, and yet they tell everybody how wonderful they are. You just like to point <laughs> whole limbs at them. Okay, okay. But <laughs> no phalanges, <laughs> limbs. By the way, first off, I got to I got to stop for a minute. Unfortunately, I had like three or four people contact me yesterday to tell me one of my old bosses passed away earlier this month. John John Larrabee who I worked with oh, he years, did not. yes, July 9th, uh, supposedly he died July 9th, worked with years ago at the old KSOQ. He was my boss. He was program director. Uh, he was also the afternoon guy. One of the most talented guys yeah, was. I've ever worked with in the radio business. This guy was so glib and so, and the, you know, the sad part of it is, Back in the day, in the radio business, where he was the afternoon guy, and you couldn't really talk a lot in the afternoon. The morning guys, Philip Squall, you yak all morning, but you know, Larrabee couldn't talk that much. He was so incredibly funny, um, and um, and just one of those guys. And what was interesting at the time, he was like 34, 35, and his attitude was, "I've only got a couple more years left." And every man in his family, every single man in his family, his father, his grandfather, his great grandfather, died at like. 33 or 34 his dad died when he was 33 his grandfather died he was like 34 his great-grandfather died like he was 35 and john was just like hey man i only got a couple years left you know and he lived i think he was in his mid-70s or something like that um interesting guy very talented guy he used to do this thing <laughs> and this is like inside baseball stuff but i tell the story anyway Back in the day, we used to record everything on what called these carts. They were cartridges. They looked just like an 8-track, but they only had one song or one commercial on it. And normally, when you go into the studio record a commercial, you record it onto reel-to-reel. Back in the day, we record on the tape, and you put, like, you'd mm-hmm. cue up a record, what's like the music behind the commercial, and you'd read the, the copy over the, the you know, the, the music, and then you'd edit the stuff. And then when you got it all done on the reel-to-reel, you would... Uh, transfer it over to the cart machine and what you do is you'd hit you'd hit start and record this little tone at the beginning of which you didn't hear and the cartridge that started the 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 you know it was the beginning of the cart and then commercial was on there and then you'd hit stop and then from that point on whenever you hit start the commercial was queued up it was the same way to do that with music well he was so good that he could go into the studio and back in the day this is when we used to have 
you know, turntables, he would cue up a piece of music and he would say, watch this. And he was like so proud of this. And he would, he would turn the turntable on and right before the music started, he would hit the start button on the record. So he recorded onto the cart and he would do a perfect take, perfect take. He could read this copy. I mean, he would cold read it. He was so good at this. He would. You give him a piece of copy, and you go, "Hey, John, read this." He'd read it perfectly, and he'd record this, and he'd fade the music down at the end and hit the stop button, and he called it DFTC. Oh, no, no, DTFC, DTFC, direct to mm, cart. And that was how he did he did production, DTFC. And he would say, Oh, got it. <laughs> and people would give, like salespeople would give him, John, can you do this for me real quick? Yeah, I'll be right back. He'd go to the studio, find a piece of music, cue it up, you know, put a cart in the cart machine, you know, hit this record button, you know, turn the turntable on, hit the start, you know, music play, hit the start button, read the copy perfectly and mix the music while he's talking you know mix the music so it's not over the top of him and then when the you know this commercial when at the end he'd fade the music out hit the stop button you know he'd do that like he'd, he could do it in a minute like a 30 second commercial take him a minute to do and it was always like we'd, he'd he'd brag about hey true that new spot you know that new that new uh, you know you know george weber commercial i just did yep dtfc buddy dtfc <laughs> we would always go like john you are the man he was in the phone book back in the day. I don't know if you know this. Nobody has a phone book anymore. But all these radio people that I knew listed their phone numbers. They didn't because back in the day, it cost money to have an unlisted phone number. Remember that? Do you ever have an unlisted it phone did. number? Yes, it did. Yes, I remember that. It cost very you well. extra. So what everybody used to do was they'd put their name in the phone book as something else. And John's dog was Fred. So. If you looked up John in the white pages, he was Fred the dog. Fred D A D A W G. His first name was Fred, and the last name was the dog. And I told you the story. Richard Miller was in the in the white pages as Slim Pickens. He used to tell people, "Listen, boy, you want to give me a call? Just look up Slim Pickens in the white pages." Yes, that's we Slim Slim Pickens. I still remember it's like I was the number was like nine nine one forty four hundred or something like that. Anyway, good old John Larrabee, and then. And then what's interesting is he got into aviation and he bought an ultralight. And we did a, a remote broadcast somewhere. And I'm telling you, um, I, matter of fact, I know it was. It was the, it was the balloon. It was a balloon. Werenberg Theater used to sponsor this balloon race. And we did it down in South yes, County. Yes, they did. We did it down in South County at some park down in South County. And John was there with his ultralight. And the winds were really strong. And John, you know, like, well, I'm, you know, I told everybody I went to fly my ultralight, so I'm gonna get up with my ultralight. So he flew this ultralight, and he run like he when he was when he was downwind, you know, he was he was okay. But when he turned around and flew into the wind, you know, the the wings on the ultralight were flexing. And if you remember, there were quite a oh, few really? there were quite a few people that when ultralights became real popular, there were quite a few people that were killed because you know they would they you know because once again, ultralights are like it's like aluminum tubing with fabric on it that was what with a volkswagen engine on the back or a snowmobile engine on the back or something like that and they weren't very substantial aircraft he's up there flying around you know and, and i'm going like you know weren't he, you supposed to put it together yeah well he did you was him he he'd, he'd he'd show up with it in his car he'd assemble it in the parking lot he'd have to, he'd, he didn't have like a, he didn't have a truck or anything like he'd stuff it in his car 
Like I remember, and that's not the same thing that Alan Barklage. No, was Alan Barklage was in it. Was in an experimental helicopter, what they call a Mini Five Hundred. Uh, oh, okay. Anyway, he'd show up at these events and he'd put his ultralight together in the parking lot, and then he'd fly around. And this particular time, one of the other guys, I think it was one of the sales guys, who worked at the station, Matt Reardon, I believe it was him, came over to me, and goes. Larry's going to kill himself. I know he is. Because we're all going like, I can't believe he's doing this because it's really nasty weather. So ultimately, he got tired of being on the air as a disc jockey, and he got his commercial pilot's license, and he flew traffic for X for several years. He was the airborne traffic reporter in X, and he flew himself. He was up there flying around because he had so much respect for Alan Barklage. You know, him and, him and I and Alan were like all buds. And, and he had so much respect for Alan Barklage that he was like, he's like, oh, my God. You know, if Alan can fly a helicopter, I can fly a plane. He did it for a number of years. So John Larrabee, you know, I miss you. Um, he used to get mad at me because he was my boss for a while. He was the afternoon guy, and then they made him program director. And I will tell you one thing. He's one of those guys that he had all these crazy weird talents. He invited me and a couple of guys from the radio station over to his apartment. He had an apartment in the Central West End. Some of the best he-cooked flank steak. I have never had steak, flank steak, as good as what he cooked. I mean, I can still taste it. It was so good. And everybody was like, my God, John, you should become a chef. I mean, and he would cook all this stuff up in his kitchen. And, and you know, and he was like, you know, and I'm going like, this guy's amazing. And, and I mean, it was like, I, I couldn't believe how good the stuff he cooked was. And he used to, sometimes he'd bring stuff, to, oh, I cooked this, I cooked this up yesterday, you know, got some leftovers, had some people over. Anybody? And I was like, people would like, you know, you know, clawed each other to get to his cooking. It was that good. Anyway, John Larrabee, I'll miss you. You were, and always had a smile on his face, always in a good mood. Um, and he is the one that ultimately got me in trouble with Alan Barklage, where Alan Barklage and I went and did the mud wrestling with the, 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 the strippers over in <laughs> Dupo, Illinois, where we got the living snot kicked out of us by the, by the strippers been a mud wrestling contest far at the VFW Dupo Hall or something like a, a charity. I can't remember what it was. And the reason for that was John had to take a little break away from the radio. That's a whole nother story. Okay. Um, the story I talked about was, and you don't believe me, I put this up on my Facebook page. Here it is. Um, let me read you the headline. Um, da, 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 da. I had it just a minute. Where'd it go? Yeah, I hate it when that happens. Don't you hate it when it happens? Every gosh darn day okay hold it here it is right here yeah okay. i mean i was in this business meeting last night and i was talking about um our lovely clients that we have and do you know that i couldn't not remember one of the names shame on you okay first off i just put that it was terrible i know and and the client called me this morning and said shelly was in a meeting with her, couldn't remember her name i go hey we should remember it okay i put yeah, i just shelly i just put she this remember anything <laughs> i just put this picture up on our our facebook page and I saw this picture at a wedding show years ago, and it's a couple up on the roof of the Bissinger's Chocolate Factory down in, in North City. And to me, just an amazing picture. But I think the sign is gone. Does anybody know? Do you know about Bissinger's? Are they still in St. Louis? They had... I, I don't know. The Chocolate Factory was on like Broadway, north of downtown. It was, yeah. And, and they had a they had a, um, a, a a big room that they had like wedding receptions in. And you could go up on the roof and take pictures. And I remember seeing this picture of... It's this wonderful picture of a, of a woman in her wedding gown. And she's got her head back. And the, the guy's in his tuxedo. Well, he doesn't have this tuxedo jacket on, but he's got like the, the, uh, got the vest and the pants. And she's got her head leaned back and he's kissing her. 
and the Bissinger's chocolate sign is behind. It's done at night, and if you look carefully, you can see um, the, uh, the the Four Seasons Hotel in the background. You can see lights. I believe that's um, one of the bridges has lights on. I can't remember. Okay, anyway, here's the story. Critics slam the White House after Saki reveals it's consulting with Facebook to flag misinformation. The White House is calling Facebook and saying, hey, this post that uh, Shelly Barr put on, take that off. And Facebook's doing it. I, can you believe this? I mean, I read this and I'm going I, like... I can believe it I'm actually, going like, but um, I, is it right? I don't well, believe so. Okay, but once again, misinformation, okay? The name of this show is BS in the Morning, okay? It is. We kid a lot about stuff. And once again, the disclaimer is, hey... It's BS in the morning. Guess what? Some's true. Some stuff's true. Some stuff's not. It's up to you to figure out which is which, right? You know, I mean, I say things that are, you know, blatantly wrong. Okay. Once again, I'm kidding around. I'm kidding around. I'm kidding around that I really don't like Steve Casper. I'm not, you know, I think he's the best guy in the world. Brian Richardson. I mean, Brian Richardson can come over to my house anytime and clean my toilets. But no, he can come over to my house. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) so... It's BS in the morning, okay? But yet, when, when and the point making is, what's, like, for example, the whole thing will deal with this Wuhan virus we talked about last hour, that the World Health Organization is now backtracking and go, you know, it might have come out of this lab in, in Wuhan. We really didn't do a very good investigation. They're now reinvestigating the fact that the virus may have been started by, you know, scientists in the Wuhan lab. Okay, if you put that on, remember Trump got in trouble for that. Remember he called it the China, the China virus, the Wuhan yeah, but now virus? they're calling it the Wuhan virus. I, well, once again, I'm going like, I don't get it. He gets his butt kicked. for say, yeah. that, that would be like me saying, hey, do you know that... Uh, that uh, Frozen custard, you know that started here in St. Louis with Ted Drews. Somebody go, no, it didn't. I, I'm gonna, did. I'm gonna take your Facebook post off because that's not true. Because frozen custard started at, at Joe's frozen custard in Philadelphia 20 years before Ted Drew was born. Okay, so you're gonna take that off my Facebook page because it may not be totally factual. You know, once again, who's the judge? You know, I mean, think about this for a minute. It's interesting because I read this interesting article about a guy who was a defense attorney. Uh, you know, who defends people in court and mostly criminal cases. And they talk about how they they did this experiment where they had some incident that was recorded on video, but nobody knew there was a video of it. And they had all these witnesses, and they said to the witnesses, okay, tell us what happened. And almost every account from the witnesses was different. One said, well... Is this it, on the video or is this no, IRL? No, 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 no. This, this was, this, these were people who witnessed this, but they didn't okay. realize they didn't realize there was a video of the incident. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? So in other right, words, right, right. they're there, they're standing, and it was like somebody attacked somebody else. I can't remember the exact circumstances. Somebody attacked somebody else. It was, it was an article that talked about how people's recollections are different and how you, know, you can have five people to witness the same, and that's what happened. They have, I think we had five witnesses witness the exact same thing. Pretty much all five of them were in the same place. They weren't not necessarily standing shoulder to shoulder, but they all had pretty much the same angle of what happened. And they individually interviewed all five of them. They deposed all five of them, and they gave a statement as to what happened. And each of them were different. And then when they played the videotape for them, they were like, oh, that's right, that is what happened. You know, the idea being that our recollections are different. And that's part of the deal while things have changed where we all have this incredible video camera we carry around with us all the time, which is called our phone. 
And that's why you see all these crazy weird videos. That's why you see, you know, the George Floyd thing, which once again, that changed. That was a history changing video. And, and nobody can debate what happened. It's pretty clear what happened. Nobody can say, well, yeah, that didn't really happen. It's not a way to happen at all. You know, I mean, it happened. Okay. But yet the other side of the coin is the Michael, uh, the Michael Brown thing. Nobody has a video of that. It's Michael. It was, you know, it was Michael Brown's buddy word against the cop. And it turned out that his buddy, the hands up, don't shoot, never happened. That whole thing never happened. But once again, everybody talks about, you know, and I hear people, I hear this in national news. Well, the murder of Michael Brown. No, was not a murder. Remember the, the, you know, the county exec, you know, the county, uh, Bob, what's his name? Used to be the county prosecutor investigated it. Then it went to the attorney general of the state of Missouri. And then the Missouri attorney general or the U.S. attorney general, uh, you know, flew in all the FBI guys and all of them said, eh, it's not the way it happened. And they pretty much said, yeah, pretty much that Michael Brown attacked the cop and the cop shot him because the guy was charging him. Uh, and it's like, okay. You know, once again, there's no video of that. So in other words, it can't be proven, you know, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt. So misinformation depends on what side of the fence you're on, right? You and I could be somewhere. Yes. You and I could be somewhere, and you and I could be like like at a chamber meeting, and somebody could say something, and I could say, God, when when so and so got up, that was really funny, and you could say, I thought that was insulting what he said, right? So which is the which is the right way? So if I put on my Facebook, ha, huh, Joe Smith, when you were at the chamber meeting, whoa, boy, you said that was funny. I was almost fell off my chair. And you could say, I was at the chamber meeting and Joe Smith said this. I thought it was insulting. Which is in which is misinformation? Well, it's it's both each other's individual opinions. But the point being, who is the person who would judge that? Let's say Kathy Duck called up Facebook and said, I want, I want Shelly's comment taken off of Facebook because Joe Smith was really very entertaining. And, and Shelly said she didn't like the guy, that he was, he was bad, he was terrible. I want her comment taken off of Facebook. And Facebook says, okay, Kathy Duck, we'll take Shelly's comment off because that was misinformation. It was actually a really good presentation that the guy made. Right? And I'm using, yes. I'm using that as a stupid example. You know, and once again, the country is founded on First Amendment. You know? There's lots of crazy things that are said on a daily basis that I have I don't agree with, you know, but yet once again, I agree with their right to say that. Like the whole deal, like, you know, all these crazy things like burning the flag, I think that's reprehensible. All the people I do too. Including my I absolutely do. Including my father who fought in mm-hmm. World War II and then was in the reserves was in the Army Reserve for thirty six years, in the army for forty years, okay? That guy defended our flag, but yet at the same point in time, yes. he would not get upset. He would get upset with people because he went through the hippie dippy movement. He would get upset with the hippies who were burning flags and stuff like that. But yet he would say, you know, I don't agree with what they do, but you know what? It's their right to do it. And I remember him talking about that. That was like a real eye opener for me. I'm going like, man, here's a guy that, you know, that like spent three and a half years of his life around the world you know fought in combat in germany got three bronze stars you know was you know was all over the place was headed you know to japan to attack japan you know in 1945 and you know and here's a guy that you know and then he was in the reserves i remember i remember one time he got in summer camp they were going they they would go you know their two-week summer camp just like your your sill does he does like two-week summer camp doesn't he yeah, he does. Okay, my dad was my dad was in the Corps of Engineers as you know after he was he got his engineering degree and was in the Corps of Engineers, and he would go all over the country on his two week thing and they'd do some projects they'd be building bridges somewhere and I remember one year he got shipped to Detroit they were doing some kind of a 
uh, some kind of an infrastructure. Might have been some kind of a drainage system or some kind of a uh, pumping station. He did a lot of that kind of infra- infrastructure work. And he was in Detroit when the riots broke out, you know, the, the race riots in Detroit, and talked about how they were in this hotel in downtown Detroit, and their commanding officer told him to sleep on the floor because the windows all had, like, window sills that were, like, two feet off the floor. And his commanding officer said if they, if they slept on the floor underneath the window, they wouldn't get shot. I'm going to go, like, okay, here's a guy that fought for our country in Europe, and he's in Detroit, and he's, you know, and there's a chance he couldn't get shot. But yet, by the same token, he wasn't wild about it, but he was like, you know, hey, you know, it's what we did. We defended their right to do that kind of stuff. And I don't understand the whole thing about misinformation, you know? I mean, and once again, it's like, like for example, you see, if you know this crazy story with all the Texas lawmakers, the Democrats, the Texas representatives, you know what I'm talking about? You know this weird story? I do not. They're, they're debating this bill in the Texas legislature that would strengthen some of the voting rights, some of the voting laws, Okay. And the, the, the bill is the, 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 the Republican, the majority of representatives in the Texas legislature are Republican. So they have a Republican majority. So it's pretty much a slam dunk that this bill is going to pass. But there's a law in Texas that states you can't pass a bill unless there's a quorum. So secretly, all the Democrats in the state of Texas arranged to take a chartered flight from Texas to D.C. so that they can't pass the law because there's not a quorum. So they all get on this this private plane or some chartered flight, and they go to D.C., and now they're being heralded by, like, oh, my God, these people are the best people in the world. They're wonderful people, you know, because the Democrats are going, like, oh, that's so great. And the Republicans are going, like, they're a bunch of jerks. You know, they, they're, you know they're, they're supposed to be in Texas. They're not supposed to be in D.C. And they, mm-hmm. they go to the White House, and Kamala Harris is, is talking to them and saying, hey, by the way, down the street, if you need to get a copy of driver's license, there's a Kinko's right there. <laughs> Sorry. That's just what she says. <laughs> That's exactly what she says. And, <laughs> and once again, they're being heralded as in the in the in the liberal press, they're being heralded as heroes. In the conservative press, they're being heralded as 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 traitors. Okay, which one is the right one? It depends on your your viewpoint. And quite honestly, both views are right because that's somebody's opinion. The Democrats think they're wonderful people. The Republicans think they're horrible people. Depending upon, and the Libertarians in the middle are probably going like, eh, much ado about nothing. You know, I mean, you know, you know, what are they doing in D.C. anyway? You know, who paid for the plane flight? You know, that's our tax dollars at work. That kind of stuff. And once again, which is which is misinformation? It scares me. It really does. Have you ever read 1984 by George Orwell? It's been years, but yes. Oh man, I tell you. It's lots of things in, I'm, I'm t- things in that book sometimes. And, and you know, once again, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. I mean, the, the Republicans, you know, get on this like, we well, you know, want you to be able to do this. Hey, Republicans, you're supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to be open-minded. You're not supposed to be, you know, you know. And the crazy thing about it is, think about it. The parties have done a reversal. The liberals used to be, hey, man, anything goes. And the Dem- and the conservatives are like, we don't like anything. We don't like abortion. We don't like this. We don't like that. We don't like blah 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 blah. We don't like dancing at parties. We we, we think uh, you know uh, that uh, you know Footloose should be the national anthem. That there should be no dancing anywhere at any parties. And yet now it's backwards. The conservatives are like, hey man, knock yourself out. Do what you want. And the liberals, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. Get what I'm saying? I do. Does that make any sense? It does. <laughs> You're just being nice to me this morning. No, nothing I do makes sense. Yeah, that's sense. me. I'm just overly nothing nice to you. Nothing I do makes sense. Nothing I do. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Right? I'm sorry? I said nothing I do makes sense, right? 
that's not necessarily accurate. It is. There's a lot of stuff you do that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, give me one. Uh, it's 7.26. Okay, that's good. It is 7.26. Westplex 107.1 and KSLQ and AM 1350 KRAP. It's the Trimal Cast. BS in the Morning. BS in the Morning. Show is our web address. I'm Shelly. She's Brad, right? Pretty much, yep. You hear about the big throwdown last night at the Francis Howell School District board meeting? I heard bits and pieces. Oh. Um, elaborate, please. OMG. <laughs> the natives are restless. Uh, apparently, if you know, if you follow this goofy thing with critical race theory, where they're essentially, and I, and once again, my opinion, they're they're teaching kids if you're white, you should have all this guilt because you're a terrible person because you put all those people in situations that should have been in 200 years ago, and it's all your fault because you're white. And by the way, did I tell you this weird story? Did what I, did I tell you? Went you to, have so many. I went to Home Depot a couple weeks ago. Uh huh. And I decided I get I get tired of being called white. So I went over in the paint department, and I put my hand up to all the paint samples, and I'm not uh-huh. white. I'm not white. What are you? I'm like pecan 4602, something like that. I've, I've, and I got the little chip. Semi-gloss, <laughs> eggshell, no, no. flat, I'm, I'm, what? I'm flat. There's definitely flat. I'm not, I'm not gloss. I guarantee that. And I'm thinking to myself. I'm eggshell. I like to be dewy. Well, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not a white dude. I'm a pecan dude or whatever. Okay, anyway, they hire some guy from Mizzou for $15,000 to essentially come in and teach the teachers about critical race theory, whatever they're calling it. Some people say it's not critical race theory. Essentially what they're doing is it's like this whole 1619 project. And remember, we talked about this before. The lady who was like, this lady who was with the New York Times or whatever, come with the 1619 project. She's essentially saying the history of the United States started, started in 1619. I'm going like, okay, what about Columbus in 1492? What about Cor- Coronado? Who didn't, didn't Coronado make it here to the Midwest? I thought he did. Don't think so. I thought he did, but he was all over the place. You know, let me look. Coronado. Yeah, uh, and and that was in the 1500s. Right, let me look it up. A cor c r r o. And what about all the Indians? They were here first. You know, so how could the history of the United States start in 1619? I don't. I, you know, I don't understand all this stuff. And the crazy thing about it is, is that history it depends on who's writing the history. You know, Coronado. What's, uh, Whenever I think of Coronado, I think of Corinthian leather. I think of, of Hotel Dell. You know who Hotel Dell is? No. An incredible hotel in San Diego. You go across this incredible bridge to uh, Coronado Island. Uh, it's called Hotel Del Coronado. It's an amazing place. When I die, you know, but right before I die, I want somebody to take me and drop me on the beach there in front of Hotel Del Coronado. I've been there ma- many times, many times. Always by myself. Isn't that crazy? Nobody would ever go with me. I'd ask people. I was at the airport. I said, this, well, hey, I'm going to San Diego. Are you go with me? No, I would never go anywhere with you. Okay. <laughs> I picked up hitchhikers when I was west on 70 in Kansas. Where are you oh, going? Oh, you did not. I'm going to Kansas. I'm going to Hotel Del Coronado. Oh, I'm not going there. And they get back out. Uh, Coronado. Mm-hmm. Coronado. I think you're... Huh, Coronado. I can't spell his name. Coronado. Where is he? Uh, Coronado. Coronado. I can't find it. Coronado the Explorer. Is that like the Hotel the, California? Um, oh, here it is. Francis, Francisco Vasquez de Coronado. Okay. Uh, born in 1510, died in 1554, so he's 44 years old. Spanish conquistador and explorer who led a large expedition from what is now Mexico to present-day Kansas and through parts of South. See, once again, he was here. He was here like in the 1500s. Uh, had hoped to reach the cities of 
Shibola, often referred to as the new mythical Seven Sisters of Gold, the expedition marked the first European sightings of the Grand Canyon and the Colorado River, among other landmarks. His name is often anglicized as Vasco, Vasquez de Coronado or just Coronado. Yeah, he was here in the 1500s, and he was in Kansas. So how could the history of the United States start in 1619? That's what I don't get. I go like, okay. And you go back, and like if you go back in the history of our area right there, there were like, you know, for a while everything was named French because we had all the French fur traders that hung out down at, you know, Laclede's Landing. You know, and then we had, uh, and then we had the, you know, the invasion of the, of the, uh, the uh, you know, the Irish people and the German people, you know. And then, you know, most recently, you know, last century and this century, the, you know, the, the uh, immigration of the Bosnians and, and the Vietnamese and people like that. It's like, I don't get it. I mean, how can you say that, well, the United States started in 1619 when the slaves arrived? Oh, come on. You know, it's to the point where, where I get it, slavery was wrong, it's terrible, it's horrible. Okay, we fixed it. And for, like, for where's our, our representative, Cory Bush, says, black people are still not free. You know, I heard some guy the other day, and I tried to find this, and I could not find it. And it was interesting, this guy gave a breakdown of the five most, the richest groups of people in the United States. And, you know, white people were like number six. It was fascinating. He went through the whole thing. And, you know, I mean, talk about aggregate wealth. And it was all immigrants. I talk, talk, all, talk about this all the time. These people come from, like, you know, you go down in South City where these Bosnian people have settled and the Vietnamese people have settled. They work their butts off, you know? They do. And, and you know, I mean, and, and you know, you go, by the way, I saw the coolest video. You know, I'm a, I'm a lawn guy. <laughs> I love. Yes, well, you know, <laughs> hey, by the way, you want to come over and cut my lawn? <laughs> Maybe I will. Uh, do you have a gate in your backyard, though? I do. How wide's the gate? I'm sorry. How wide is the gate? Well, we have one that's kind of wide, and then we have a double one. I have a 60-inch lawnmower. Could it get through the gate? Yes. Okay. I might come over and cut your grass. Okay. So, okay. The point being, I'm fascinated by this, and Nerdo Brad, I am on. I am on a group on Facebook of guys who are lawn care guys who cut grass. And there's the, I tried to find this video, actually put it on my Facebook page, but it's actually a TikTok video, which I can't find. It's a guy, a Mexican dude, who is on a, um, what do you call, what do you call the goofy little things that they rent, like in, you know, you go like, um, they're a like. A Segway? Yes, the guy's on a Segway with a, with a, with a weed eater doing edging. And he's flying down the sidewalk on a Segway with his weed eater doing the doing the edging i mean and he's moving like 10 miles an hour and is he good at it I, oh my god it was incredible i watched this i thought to myself this guy is the man i mean he's got he's got you know his big old you know big old hat on you know that you know the, all the lawn care guys wear because you don't want to burn right. your face up because it's he, ten thousand degrees out there and he's coming he's coming off a sidewalk in other words he's at the edge of somebody's property and there's a sidewalk it's like a corner lot and there's a sidewalk going on one side of the property and he comes down the one walkway and then he does these little turns at the end of the thing and he finishes the edging and then he goes flying down this sidewalk is going going downhill and he's got his edger perfectly positioned where he's like going down and he's you know cutting the edge i'm going like oh my god this is incredible and once again i'm thinking to myself i couldn't do that if you i mean if you told me you'd pay me a hundred thousand dollars and i could practice for a week i couldn't do that there's no way i could do that 
I mean, some people just do incredible things. I'm going like, man, I can't believe. It. It's like if you watch craftsmen, if you watch tradesmen, if you watch like carpenters who are really good at what they do, or even like to the point where you go like to to the you know like a butcher shop and you watch these guys like butcher up meat. It's like, oh my God, look at that guy. Look at him. Like, how fast he can do that. You know, I mean, like like for example. I'm a, I'm a frustrated craftsman, um, a tradesman. You know, I, and what's interesting about this is, once again, I will say the schools are screwed up. You know what I've gotten pretty, really good at, which I used to suck at, and I've gotten pretty good at? What's that? Sweating copper. I can do plumbing work now, and you know how I did it? I found some crazy guy from Canada that has like 10 videos and some of them are like 20 minutes long and he steps goes through step by step teaches you how to sweat copper you don't want to talk about copper pipes when you put them together you solder them together and i and i i watch this one video one night and i watch it three or four times i thought to myself and the next day i practice i had a couple pieces of copper tubing that i'd left over and a couple you know couplings and a a right you know a a joint you know a, a right angle and I went out at my place, and I put down a piece of wood, and I go like, okay, I'm going to do exactly what this guy did. And I practiced, and I got really good at it. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I could have gone to school for a year and taken that course on how to sweat copper, but instead I watched this guy's YouTube videos one night for about an hour, and I went out the next day and practiced. And matter of fact, I just did something a couple weeks ago. I did, matter of fact, I fixed uh, an HVAC unit that was leaking. I you know, put in new copper. You know, and by the way, I do have, and I've shown this to you before. I have somebody. I, I mentioned this to somebody, and somebody said, "You got to have a license to do that." I've got my official EPA license to do HVAC work. You've seen Indeed it. Indeed, you do. I've shown it to you before, haven't I? <laughs> proud, proud, proud. I am. Anyway, go back to the. Along with his driver's license, <laughs> you really need to ask him. Yes. Brad, can I see your driver's license? I got the world's best picture. My last one was good. This one's even better. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> It's it's you. Okay, so going back to the Francis Howell thing, uh, big throwdown last night. Here I started talking out divert, diverted from that. Big throwdown last night at the board meeting, and the interesting thing was that Senator Bob Onder. You know who Bob Onder is. You've met him before. He's been at the chamber. He's deal. an allergist. Yes. He's but you know what's interesting? He's an MD. What? He's a JD. He's an attorney too. I mean, talk, I did not know that. Talking about somebody who goes to school. Can you imagine having a being a medical doctor and a and a lawyer? I mean, how smart is that dude? Anyway, he was not allowed to talk last night at the meeting. Why? Because they wouldn't let him talk. Because he's because... against he's against this, and they wouldn't let him talk. He was not he was oh. he was barred. He, here's the he's the senator. I think most of his of of his senatorial district is the Francis Howell School District, or a big part of where his senatorial district is, Francis Howell School District. And he was not allowed to speak at the meeting last night because they're paying this guy. From, from Mizzou, $15,000 to teach the teachers critical race theory. I'm going like, okay, this is crazy stuff. You know, and I'm thinking, and you know what? Another friend of mine said it so succinctly. What's that? Here's the problem with the United States. Too many attorneys, not enough engineers. Too many attorneys, not enough engineers. Yeah. Think about it for a minute. That's, I will think about that. And the sad part of it is these countries that are kicking our butt, China, South Korea, Japan, I mean, they essentially, you know, they have tremendous impetus on, 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 on you know, on becoming, you know, learning math. It's like, like what they talk about, like, this, all this, there's big controversy in New York City about there's the Asian backlash in New York City. You know why that is? 
No. Because there's a big thing. There's this really prestigious high school in, in New York City. I think there's three or four of them. And you got to test into it. You know, I mean, it's, you just can't sign up for this high school. It's not like a magnet school. You have to test into it. And yeah. a good percentage of the people in there are Asian. And the blacks are complaining because, in fact, this is not fair. We don't, you know, but the deal is the, the Asian, it's part of their culture. You know, you know any Asian people mm-hmm. that, that, like, what do their parents say to them all the time? It's do your homework. Study hard. You know, education is extremely important in their lives. Yes, it is. And, and that, you know, once again, it's like anything. It's like, it's like if you tell someone, hey, the most important thing in your life, if, you know, if I'm somebody's, if I'm you know, my kid's father and I say the most important thing in life for you is to be able to hit a fastball. And I take my kids out and I do nothing but, you know, pitch to them fastballs all day long, buy a pitching machine. They're going to be pretty good at hitting a fastball, right? Because that's what, right. I, that's what I told them. But if I Correct. tell them, but if I tell them go to school, and it's funny because my kids, I have two kids of my four kids. Two of them have college degrees. My daughter is an attorney. My one of my sons is a um, an engineer. Works at Amazon. Used to work at Garmin. Has a double degree in electrical engineering and computer science. My oldest son is a high school dropout, and my youngest son is almost a high school dropout. If it wasn't for the fact that I told him this his senior year, I told him I said, Drew, if I have to come to school every day and walk you around in the class, you're going to graduate this year. And I I pretty much did that. Did you? Oh, my God. <laughs> I would have, too. His senior year, when he, when I went to the parent-teachers conference, I, I wrote up a one-page sheet, and I put everything on there. I go, hi, I am Drew Hildebrand's father. You, This is what you were going to experience with Drew. And I listed all the all these things he was going to start to do. And I said to him, if you have any problems with Drew, if he's not doing his homework, here's my cell phone number, here's my email and you can text me anytime. And I give this to all his teachers. And they'd all go like, what is this? Well, a week later, they knew what it was. Because my son, and I'm not embarrassing, my son, Drew, who I, it's funny, the next break I'll tell you the story of what happened with Drew last night. Uh, Drew is the most wonderful kid in the world. But yet, he was horrible in school. He used to get in-class assignments. He used to hand in blank. Now, think about that for a minute. An in-class assignment where you're given time and a lot, sometimes open book. He'd put his name on the paper and turn it back in. He just didn't give a rip. He could care less about school. And the crazy thing was, I remember senior year, I went to, I went to all of his conference. His mom was, his mom couldn't handle going to the parent-teacher conference because she can't handle that because she was one of those A students that, you know, if the teacher said write backwards in red, you know, she was writing backwards in red. You know, she did exactly what she was told and she got A's all the time. My son did the exact opposite. If they said, you know, use a green pen, he'd use a red pen. You know, that's just my son. And and to the point where I go to these parent-teachers conference, and oh my God, I'd hear an earful. You know, your son. You know, and then the one class that the teacher thought he was the most unbelievable student. He was her best student. So keep in mind, I'm going to like six classes, and they're telling me how terrible my son is in school. And I go to one class, and the teacher tells me how wonderful my son is. Guess what that class was? What? Back in the day, we called home ec. It was it was facts, whatever they call it now. My, she said, oh, my God, Drew is so good at cooking, and he helps the other students, and, and we have these wonderful meals that Drew cooks up. I'm going like, this is my son. He goes to school. He's flunking, you know, history. He's flunking algebra. He's flunking this. He's fl- but he's a great cook. And you know what the crazy thing is? What's that? He doesn't cook anymore. Well, why doesn't he cook anymore? I don't know. 
Just doesn't. Because he's on his own. Oh, I guess. You know, he, he's him and his two bachelor buddies. I mean, you know, that's sort of funny. The bachelor pad. I I kid about all the time. The bachelor buddies. The bachelor buddies. Hey, we got to take a break. We'll be right back at seven. And seven forty-seven. Remind me, I got to tell the Drew story. Okay. Yes, you do. Seven forty-seven. Yes, in the morning it is Shelly and Brad. She is Shelly. I'm Brad. Did I get that wrong? I think. Oh, which which one? It all it? depends on the day. <laughs> Today is Friday. I think you got that right. And. What a lot of people don't know is that Shelly is a counselor. Um, she gives, like, relationship counseling. What are you laughing at already? That's funny. <laughs> Shelly is a relationship counselor. And tomorrow night at the uh, Kisker branch of the uh, St. Charles County Library System, Shelly's going to be giving the presentation about... And ladies here, here's the thing you need to know about men. She's going to give the, the presentation about things you need to know about men. And she's going to warn you about something very critical. Ladies, this is part of her talk. Why is it so many times that women, after they get married, let themselves go? That's what she was going to talk about tomorrow. <laughs> I didn't hear what he said. I'll play it again. Hold on a minute. Why is it so many times that women, after they get married, let themselves go? Why is that? Tell me why that is. <laughs> oh, why is that? <laughs> okay. That's the pastor from Southern Missouri who got in trouble for that. <laughs> he gave that 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 sermon on on women should you know should cater to their men. I mean, like, is that guy living in the fifties, <laughs> like the eighteen fifties? I mean, can you believe anybody trying to do that anymore nowadays? Yeah, I can. I I I you know once again I grew up with this mother who was like you know twenty years ahead of women's lib. And she dressed you in granimals, didn't she? No, she did not. She was never into that kind of stuff. Just the opposite. She thought that was goofy stuff. She was not in that kind of stuff. She was she was she was more like, you know, I mean she was a women's liber before I, I think she was burning her bra twenty years before anybody else was burning their bra. And That's my girl. So, so I grew up with this woman who who, you know, I told the story, no matter where we went, if there was something wrong. My mom would say, some dumb man's in charge. That's what the problem is. Some dumb man. If a woman ran his place, things would be much better. And you know what? Most of the time, she was right. And I still agree with her. Anyway, so yesterday afternoon, I'm not feeling real well. So I get back to my place, and it's about quarter to seven. And I'm going like, you know, I got up super early this morning. I had to go to the AM tra- the FM transmitter try to fix it. I was on the road at 4.30 in the morning. I don't feel 100%. I'm just going to lay down for a while. So... I get undressed, and I get on my USS. You know what my USS is, don't you? One of these days, I'm going to start selling it because everybody's selling mattresses. You know what my USS is? No. The ultimate sleep surface. That's what I sleep on, the USS. Oh, that's right. The okay, ul- go on. The ultimate sleep surface, okay? So I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have my clothes on, and as soon as I, I swear to God, as soon as I lay my head down on the pillow, my phone rings. I look at the phone. It's my son, Drew. I pick up the phone. Drew, you okay? Dad, I got a problem. Uh, what's the problem? My tire. I'm here at the QT at corner of uh, Zumble and 94, and my tire is going flat, and I'm trying to put air in it, and it won't work. I go, what do you mean it won't work? He says, I don't think, I don't know if the, the machine's not working or what, but I can't get air in my tire. I go, so is it like flat, flat? And he goes, well, I don't know. I go, send me a picture. So he sends me a picture, and I go, okay, Drew, don't drive in that tire. You're going to ruin that tire. I will be right there. So I throw my clothes on, and I've got a portable air tank, that I, and I fire up my air compressor. And as I'm filling up my air tank, my phone starts going crazy. I get all these alerts and alarms going off. The power's out at the KSOQ transmitter site. Again, 
for the 42nd time in like, you know, six days. Right. And I'm going like, oh my God, what the hell is this? I said, when it rains, it pours, literally. So I throw the air tank in the back of my truck, and I had West on 70. And at one point, visibility was down to my hood. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't yeah. see. I couldn't see. 20 feet in front of me, it's raining so hard on, on Westbound 70 Earth City Expressway. So I'm doing like 10 miles an hour just thinking to myself, all I need is some tractor trailer dude doing 80 just coming up behind me. Just, you know, you know, once again, Brad doesn't like tractor trailers. They smash into them all the time. And I'm going to be, you know, and, and the crazy thing was by the time I get to to the QT, it stops raining. I'm going like, I'm going to be out in the rain, you know, pumping his tire up. So he's parked the space over from a you know from the tire thing which is broke you know because we figured that out the you know you i mean i have you ever tried to use one of those those compressors at the at like the qts they never work they're always broke they never work and they make you look silly i know they never work so so i pull my truck into the spot at the end spot and the and the tire thing is right next to me and i no sooner get out of my truck and get the tire get the get the you know the the tank on the ground and start pumping up some guy pulls up hey man can you move your truck so i can use the tire machine and my son says it doesn't work he says let me find it out for myself i looked at the dude i said dude i got some extra air in my tank when i get done with him i'll fill your your tire up and he gets pissed and drives off so anyway i filled up my son's tire and then I had to go back to the office to pick up my tools, and I go back out to the transmitter side, KSLQ. And of course, you know, I had to on, on the you know. Then I came home at like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and I had to uh, when I when I got up this morning, I had to go and I had to to uh, squeegee off all the deer that I hit on 94 south of Francis Holly High School. They were still hanging onto my bumper, and there were antlers through my windshield. Oh, you know, stop and it! And there were deer guts all over the place, and I go like, oh my god, yeah. Huh. Just stop it. <laughs> you think I'm kidding, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, I do actually. Oh, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> there's a there's a stretch of 94. Trust me, you're talking to. You a, hit a deer? Oh no, not last night. Almost did last night. It was funny the other night, the other day. I, you know, I'm a radio nerd. I listen to other radio guys. Mark Cox is a 971 talking about. Well, I live out in Wildwood. You know, you bragging dude. He lives in Wildwood. Okay, he's all. Well, I live yeah, in Wildwood. Yeah. I live in Wildwood. I'm a rich guy. I'm a rich radio. I used to be on Channel Four. I'm a rich guy. I have a lot of money. I drive. And then he talks about. I you know I don't necessarily like people that talk about like. If you and I, if like I have a car, I have a truck, I don't have a BMW. I mean, people talk about, well, my BMW, you know, it's a car. No, it's a BMW. He talks about he's got his his Denali. He's always talking about he's driving his Denali. I'm driving my Denali. Like, okay, dude, we're not impressed. We don't like Denalis. Okay, so he's talking about, uh, you know, he goes on the air at 5 o'clock. You know, when I come from Wildwood in the morning, there's these deer all over the place. And the other morning, I almost hit one. Matter of fact, it rushed up against the side of my Denali. And I had to take it had to take it to the body shop, have it get buffed out. Because, you know, that, that deer fur will actually scratch your paint a little bit. And I can't have that scratch paint on my Denali. I'm going like, dude, I've hit 19 deer. I've ended up in the hospital twice for hitting deer. Don't tell me about brushing against a deer with your Denali on Highway 100 in Wildwood. I'm the expert. If there's anybody who can talk about crunching in a deer, it's me. Right? Yes. <laughs> That's true. That is a true I've statement. I've hit 19 deer, and I am not kidding. 
Matter of fact, I ended He's up... He's got them listed all on his truck <laughs> oh, over at the station. One, one truck alone, I got five deer hits, and, and we gave up after five, putting them on the fender. I had this little this little deer with, like, the, you know, like the, the circle... The little circle with the line slash through it. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll take a picture of that. <laughs> that was one... Okay, well, I, hit a, did he, I hit, hit a deer with my Denali. Okay, dude, it's a car, and you brushed it. You know, when you get deer guts... On your like the one time to give you an idea, I hit this deer and I was going a little bit fast. And Shelly won't believe this. I was late for work. It was a Saturday morning. It was dark. I'm heading down to the radio station. I'm late for work. I was going like 80 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, here's this deer in front of me. And man, I hit it square. And I was driving my wife's minivan, which she loved. I totaled it. I mean, literally totaled it. Met it three feet shorter. The deer hit the front of the van, rolled up over the ba- or the top of the van. I broke my thumb, ended up in the hospital, you know, and the whole bit. And I, as they're loading me into the ambulance, St. Charles County Ambulance. Kyle, they did a great job. As they loaded me in the back in the St. Charles County Ambulance, the one paramedic says, hey, you made the firefighters happy. The Augusta Volunteer Firefighters were picking up the deer and putting it in the back of one of their trucks because I guess they were going to have deer meat that night. So, I, you know, I, I got a deer for the Augusta Volunteers. So, Mark Cox, don't tell me about brushing a deer with your Denali. When you ended up on a backboard, heading to the hospital, then you can brag about deer, right? Been there, done Pretty that. Pretty much, yeah. Right, been there, done that. But yet, if I would put that on Facebook, that I hit a deer and I ended up in the back of an ambulance, St. Charles County Ambulance, the White House would call up Facebook and said, we don't think that happened, take that off. Okay, we'll do that. Hey, Brad, guess what? <laughs> it's time to shut up, right? <laughs> <laughs> If, it's, it's, uh, the only reason why I'm even mentioning it is because you said that our system's going to shut us off, shut us down, and say no one. I screwed up, and you know what? I really I went long this time. You're right, and let me do this just to make it this legal. We're going to split the stations. I'll just do this right now manually. KSOQ FM Washington, K two ninety six HA Washington, KRAP AM Washington. Now we're legal with all the FCC stuff. Um, Shelly, it's been fun. Before before we go, one last thing. We haven't done this in a while. Ready? Yep. Weekend advice. Here we go. This weekend safety brief. Don't add to the population. Don't subtract from the population. Don't end up in the hospital, newspaper, or jail. If you end up in jail, establish dominance quickly. Have a good weekend. There we go. Have a good weekend, Sean. There we go. Have a good weekend, everybody. I'll talk to you later. Bye. 802.